inside the confines of a standardized curriculum box to a teaching and learning space that is more creative? And how can you make this leap in your teaching practice in an easy and more systematic way that doesn't create more work for yourself during planning sessions? This is what I'm hoping to accomplish with Get Off the Dotted Line, a podcast that gives elementary teachers simple step-by-step tools, guidance, and advice on how to make teaching more creative without sacrificing high-quality content, instruction, skills, and amazing learning potential for your students. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Hendricks, and together we will explore different ways to simplify your planning and add a lot of creative impact that is outside the confines of standardized curriculum and the dotted lines. In today's podcast, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach. Instead of giving you the usual five tips for what to do when your students finish their math work early or any other work for that matter, I'm going to talk about the real question, why students are finishing their work or their math work early. This question I think is more important to think about and discuss before even bothering to implement any of the tips. So I want you to take this question Listen to the rest of the podcast where I explain some different answers that you may get from the students and figure out why the student is finishing their work early. Because this happens to all of us. It's happened to me a ton. And I think we should really address it before we address the tips to react to it. So here we go. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, This episode will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. This podcast brought me back to my teaching days, and I really considered the directions my students had in my class for when they finished their math work early, or any work early for that matter. This happens to all of us one day or another, and it may even be the same students repeatedly finishing their work before many of their peers. We all know the routine, too. One student finishes his work early and catches your shocked face while sauntering over to the bin to turn in his work. All the while, your heart is racing and your head is trying to quickly figure out, like before the paper hits the bottom of that bin, what you're going to say to direct him to another meaningful task. And this all becomes moot because your brain doesn't work fast enough and the student has already taken the long way around the classroom to his desk while bothering every single student on his way back to his seat. Now you feel like you failed as a teacher, and if you're lucky, only five students have proceeded to laugh, mock, and or make jokes with the student while not finishing their own work because he's walked by them and something else has happened. So does this sound familiar? Let me be the one to reassure you that you haven't failed as a teacher, even if this happens to you every single day, because it happened to me just about most days. And even after you've sat through the professional development or the conference and listened to the speaker talk about things like orbital assignments or scaffolding or tiered lessons that you don't fully understand how to actually write up, nor have the time to do any of this for every lesson every day, I've been there. And I'm also ashamed to admit that at one point in my professional career, when I was teaching teachers 
or students to become teachers. I've probably used these terms and expected my students to come up with additional assignments to complete their lesson plans too. Orbital assignments or scaffolding or tiered lessons definitely have their place in the field of education and teachers should know about them, but I'll save them for another podcast. In the meantime, This episode is all about recognizing why students are finishing their math work or any other work early and what to do about it so that your time as a teacher and planner can be purposefully spent planning simply and teaching more robustly. Let me say that again. This episode is all about recognizing why students are finishing their work early and what to do about it. So you can spend your time as a teacher and a planner purposefully and simply and teaching more robustly because maybe this wouldn't happen. And as the saying goes, the best defense is a great offense. So let's get to that. But before I get to the tips, I wanted to propose a question for you to consider. Asking myself this question and actually answering it after my students went on to recess or music class really helped me plan for the following lesson. So I encourage you to do the same and then decide which tips could possibly help these same students continue their learning without bothering everyone around them because they finished first. Here's the question. Why is a student finishing their work early? This question seems simple enough, right? But it's worthy of attention in this situation. Okay, sidebar here. Just for grins, and I was curious, I googled this question in my search bar and to see what would appear, and I'm not sure if Google just didn't like the question that I typed in, but to my surprise, I was directed to thousands of sites that gave ideas about what to do in the situation, but never really asked nor answered this question. Huh. Interesting. This question, my teacher friends, is definitely worthy of our attention, even if Google doesn't think so. So let's get to answering it for ourselves. In my experience, often a student finished their work early for three distinct reasons. The first reason students finish their work early is because they already know or mastered the content, and they were ready for material at the next level. If this is the case, Teachers are often directed to implement the terms I referred to earlier in the podcast, like orbital assignments or scaffolding or tiering their lessons, because we assume these are the solutions in this situation, and sometimes they are, and sometimes they can really work. I would caution you before jumping into scaffolding or tiering your assignments and creating orbitals, however, because creating and implementing any of these teaching strategies correctly requires a lot of extra work on your part. And you may be fueling the fire by signaling the student to get through the work quickly and get to the extra cooler stuff you've created to go along with the actual lesson. Andrew McCormick discusses this idea in a really cool podcast called Art Ed Radio. It's episode 56 from the Art of Education University. It's high school related, and he talks about this topic in context with high school art students, but you should check it out. It's definitely worth it, and I've added a link to the show notes. 
Now again, don't get me wrong, scaffolding, orbitals, and tiering lessons definitely have their place and should be given your time, but only if you truly know the reason why your student is finishing the work early, and that it's because he or she has mastered the material, then these teaching strategies will yield additional higher level learning for the student, so they're really purposeful and good. And the only way you know whether the student is finishing the work early because they actually know the content already is to ask them. So in my scenario at the beginning of the podcast, when the student is walking to turn in his paper into the bin, make a beeline for that space between the student and the bin and ask him to explain the work he's just finished to you in detail. Who cares if others hear it? They can learn too. And if he doesn't know or can't fully explain what he was just working on, you know this isn't the real answer to the question why he's finishing his work early. You know it's not because he actually knows and has mastered the content already. There is something else going on here. That other something else could be number two, which is the student rushed through the assignment and thinks that they're finished. I'm not going to discuss the many reasons why this is happening. You'll find out again when you ask the student like before, and she won't be able to give you the details to the assignment, nor explain or quote unquote, teach you how she completed it. In addition, you'll be able to spot mistakes, missed answers, or very incomplete thoughts in the work rather quickly. So in this situation, I would say something like, would you mind going back to your desk and checking question four? There are many questions like this one, and I believe you might have made a small error. How about you take some time and figure out what's really going on there? Or I had a couple of students that that nice tactic didn't really work and they wanted something a little bit more edgy. So I said something like this. I dare you to prove me wrong about question four. I think there's an error there, but you have come up with this answer. See if you can figure out which one of us is correct and why. Sometimes my students really like the challenge and they wanted the challenge presented to them. So this may work for some of your students too, or you may resort back to the first one, which was, could you go back and check your work? But whatever you mentioned, the point is is that the student needs to go back and carefully review what needed to get done so they're able to understand and answer you when you ask them questions about the learning in a more comprehensive and slower manner. The final reason students can finish their work early is because they don't like it or they don't want to do it. There are just some things we must complete in life that aren't really all that fun. I'm not a super big fan of grocery shopping or cleaning bathrooms, but I like to cook, I really like to eat, and I like to brush my teeth in a clean sink. So I suck it up, I do the task, and I get it done, and I move on with my day. I'm sure you have a few things that you're not fond of either. And for me, this response from a student is met with real optimism. First, whenever a student says to me, I just really don't like this assignment or I just really don't want to do it, I congratulate that student for being honest with me and actually saying out loud that this assignment isn't really that great. Because that's good data for me to have. And I appreciate both their honesty and their willingness to be open about their feelings. So Maybe I don't use this assignment next year and I go and put a little sticky note in my planner and say, this one, not so much. 
Or maybe I truncate the assignment for them. So I make sure that more students finish at the same pace. So maybe I look at that assignment real quickly and think, you know, they don't have to do 10 problems. Maybe the student who really doesn't like it only has to do five. And I pick the five and that's okay. And next time I decide exactly what I need to do, or again, I make myself a little sticky note that says, you can do all 10, but it's not the best. Maybe just do five. Here are the five. I need this student just to do the work. I need them to complete something resembling this assignment, but I may not need to have them do the whole thing to show me that they know what they're doing. Second, I see if the student and I can come to agreement about how at least the important part of the assignment can get done and be given their full attention. So I ask them, do you want to complete this assignment later? Do you want to do it at home for homework? These questions are usually met with a quick no way. So. I have the leverage as the teacher, and you will too, and you'll get them to go back to their seat and finish. Maybe only, again, 10 of the 20 math problems or five of the 10 math problems need to get done. So if I'm purposefully cutting the assignment in half, I'm going to show the student, hey, this is what I'm going to do. You can cut this in half. You do these. Or maybe I get creative about how the assignment is completed. Like, do you want to use your colored gel pens to finish it up? Fine with me. Do you want to draw pictures for your answers instead? Okay. Would it be good if you worked with a partner? Fine. And I decide, the student that they work with. Sometimes thinking outside of the box with the student will get them a bit more engaged and the assignment or at least the part of it that you need it to get done so they know that they've learned something and you know they've learned something will ultimately get completed. All of this is to say that finding out the answer to the initial question that I asked, why is a student finishing their work early, is super valuable and something definitely worth exploring before moving forward. I encourage you to dialogue with your early finisher and figure out quickly what really is the reason that's going on here that that student is done before anybody else. And then you as the teacher can make an informed decision to keep the learning moving forward. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, I hope these five tips for continuing the learning for your math early finishers or any early finishers during the day have helped you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. Before we part, This section of the podcast called Cut That Out is one I do every time. Here I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the five tips for your early math finishers to think about, plan, and practice in your classroom. You can find the handout on my website at pagehendricks.com along with today's show notes. so much for joining me this week. To review key takeaways from today's episode and get the free handout, please visit my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E hendricks.com. Before we go, I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more. Please subscribe to Get Off the Dotted Line. I can't wait to share another podcast with you. 
Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Paige Hendricks, in today's episode of Get Off the Dotted Line. See you next time. Thank you.